Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Our Culture Gaming. I'm Scott, joined by Josh. Hello, Scott. Also massively joined by a ridiculous heat wave, but it's not a hot thing we're talking about. It's something that's tepid, boring, and very cold, which is the Resident <laughs> Evil show on Netflix. Now, I've managed to get through the entire thing, and I say managed to get through because most people that I know have bailed on this show. Um, Josh is thankfully six episodes in, which puts him about six hours into this thing, and, <laughs> and we're just getting sort of breakdown. Um, pretty much everything it gets wrong because um, there are a few things that are all right that are a bit sort of um, not not as bad, let's say. There are a few references to the overall canon, the place that it goes, and um, sans spoilers, um, does eventually link back into the overall Resident Evil story, but the way they get there, the way that it's written, the overall tone, the use of the villains, um, just for me, it squanders every last part of what should be a very easy IP to adapt. Um, uh, Josh, what do you think? Yeah, listen, man, like, I was a captive <laughs> audience for this TV show. Yeah. Everyone was saying it was bad, you know, I was getting messages from you saying, Josh, it's abysmal, don't watch it, but I was like, no. <laughs> I like the Paul W.S. Anderson Resident Evil movies, Same. you know? I like the idea of them kind of doing a weird sequel to the games and using some of the old characters and kind of like remixing events that you know and creating a new story. I was mm -hmm. totally fine with that. However, getting into it from the very first scene, I think you just realize man this is incredibly shoddy in terms of its filmmaking, <laughs> in terms of its scripting and you know, the, the, the TV show is split into two timelines, right? You have one set in New Raccoon City, which is kind of like the quote-unquote present day, and you are with the kind of uh, two daughters of Albert Wesker, and then you have the future timeline where you follow Jade Wesker, you know, one of the daughters, and it's kind of post-apocalyptic, it's kind of Walking Dead, it's kind of Resident Evil Extinction, and for me, man, the, the post-apocalyptic sections of this TV show are, like, I'm, I'm just sat there in awe at how they got it so wrong, how yeah. it just so it, like genuinely and i don't take any joy in saying this because i wanted to enjoy it but it feels kind of inept at times right i just i think for me it's just that it's so boring and one of the issues that they have um to talk about you know the the fact that the uh, overall the way that the, the show is structured you have the multiple timelines like you said a whole bunch of stuff set in new raccoon city and i think 2022 or whatever it is and then we jump to 2036 for the post-apocalyptic stuff one of the major mysteries that we spend forever on is what happened in the past or what caused this thing in the future and it's like even if you were brand new to resident evil the setup of evil you know scientist lab thing you can pretty much connect those dots to be like well a virus probably created a zombie outbreak like it's not a thing to have 
bang a show on in terms of a mystery element, unless you want to reveal it at the very end, unless you want to call it, you know, maybe, maybe you call the show Umbrella and the entire way through mm. um, we're set in, you know, this 2022 timeline and you don't reveal that it's actually the Umbrella Corps until the end or something. Maybe that's what the characters need to try and find out. And then you get the reveal at the end that actually the character's dad is called Albert Wesker and it's called Umbrella. And then maybe you smash cut to the future and then season two goes from there. I just, the way that they set stuff up, it's it's inertia. Like you said, it's inept in regards to the, it feeling like Walking Dead or post-apocalypse stuff 101, but the actual driving force to stick with it just isn't there because like you said to me in the chat before you were recording, like you're so far ahead as an audience member to the characters, which is one of the worst things that you can do as a narrative device because you're just waiting yeah. for them to catch up and they never get there. Yeah, totally. I think the decision to split it into two timelines just failed across the board because, you know, mm. I don't hate it as much as you do. I do think it has some redeeming qualities. I don't think I hate word... it. I just think it's just messy, just empty. Like, I mean, I, right. by the time you get yeah. to the end of it, it's like, okay, that's kind of fun. Um, and I think it would be a cool sci-fi mystery show if it just had that twist and it was its own thing. But yeah, like, it's just, I don't hate it. I just think it's just messy right. and empty. It's soulless. Yeah. Okay, for me, like, I, I, I do think a lot of it is exactly what you just said there. However, there were, you know, intriguing elements that were making me enjoy certain parts. Mm. You know, there is the moment in the first episode where things kind of kick off in the new Raccoon City segment where the two daughters break into Umbrella and kind of a lot of stuff goes down. It's quite a nicely paced segment. There are a couple of good jumps in there and the action is like nicely shot. However, like you said there, they stretch out the implications of that scene but pretty much the entire show afterwards in terms of that <laughs> timeline and it is so kind of dragged out it is so lethargic in the kind of drama that it's setting up mm. that it just kind of like stops the momentum dead every single time it had something interesting to say or it did something interesting with its characters or with the resident evil law like you get something equally as dumb that just drops it dead and that might literally just be switching to the future timeline right it might just be like losing the momentum of the episode of, of the story you're in to go to something else kind of completely unrelated it's not necessarily like the flashbacks that you're getting to new raccoon city are even tied to what's happening in the present day like they start doing that in episode one but then it just kind of feels random it just feels like you've got these two different shows fighting for you know dominance well, i just i don't know where because it's not like like you said there is resident evil extinction the old miliovovich movie the paul diverse anderson movie where we deal with what happened if the virus took over completely and then it's the apocalypse stuff the games have never really gone there like it's just like it's like one thing that keeps them interesting and more resident evil is that you said it in um cities and different areas labs and whatever it is um in terms of trying to stimmy that stuff and not let it take over and once you are going to go to the apocalyptic future where the virus has taken over um you need to do something cool with that like you need to do something that's interesting and fun or whatever and it's just they don't do anything with that like you sort of it, it largely plays out the way that you would expect um, it just doesn't really have a, a reason to exist. It feels like a weird dragged out thing, um, which I was going to mention that it takes about four and a half hours for anything interesting to happen. Like a lot of people, I was talking to Dan Durkin, um, shout out to the comics channel, and he bailed after the first episode. And I was just saying, I was like, yeah, nothing really happens for about four and a half episodes. It's about halfway through episode four where you get, I think it's in that episode where you get the puzzle stuff, where they finally start tying it into um, Resident Evil ephemera, stuff that you would like from Resident Evil in terms of the way um, that Wesker has set his house up and the way that the characters have to figure stuff out it's like a resident evil puzzle and that's like oh that's cool that reminds me of resident evil that feels like more like resident evil and they start drip feeding stuff that relates back to the old games that's the best stuff in there i kind of wish they either had yeah. front-loaded that stuff 
um, as some sort of maybe one thing that the audience gets to wink and nod at, but the characters need to figure it out or whatever. But I don't know what you think of when you think back of the overall structure. Like if you were more engaged by the early stuff, but tone, we should talk about the villains as well. But I guess overall structure wise, yes. um, as mean, a TV show, it just barely works. That's it, man. Like I wouldn't recommend the show to anyone, but I am continuing <laughs> to watch it because there are uh, some intriguing elements in there, like I've mentioned, that are keeping me hooked. You know, like this mm. show hits you with the cliffhanger every episode. And for me and my lizard brain, because of how much I love Resident Evil, I want to see how these <laughs> twists play out. I, yeah. Like you said, I want to see how it's, uh, you know, connected to those older games in the older lore. And I guess we should talk about, you know, before we jump into the villains, maybe about how it does tie itself into Resident Evil, because a yes. lot of the criticism about this is obviously like well it has nothing to do with resident evil this isn't albert wesker as we know him as, as a kind of you know super villain uh as, as a super villain you know he's a, he's a family man this time around he's kind of work he's got these kids he's working with umbrella he seems kind of nice mm -hmm. i actually do like what they're doing with wesker in here in right. the most captivating scenes are when the actor lance reddick is on screen like you know he he does bring that menace he brings that kind of power to him mm -hmm. that's bubbling under the surface of this otherwise quote-unquote family man mm -hmm. i like the mystery they spin around him and i do like it when they tie it into the resident evil law like without spoilers the kind of references uh, to the events of previous games do keep you guessing as a longtime fan as to mm -hmm. how this could possibly you know work with those games in mind because they seem so different on the surface and that mm -hmm. mystery did work what you said there with the puzzles around the albert wesker house again that was kind of in a way the most authentic resident evil translation i've seen in a while <laughs> because well, you know you have literal puzzles from the game being yeah. implemented in a quite engaging way but those scenes man those scenes are all in isolation like i could watch hours and hours of lance reddick as as, as wesker but the show is so much more than that and yeah. the supporting characters around him are kind of so flat and the acting for those supporting characters is so flat that it makes it hard to recommend at all and it's just that kind of wonkiness across the board in terms of its quality in terms of its tone that really makes it so kind of crushing because i do think there's something in there i do think mm. the premise could have been interesting but it's got all of this stuff on top considering it's only eight episodes it's amazing how much extra stuff <laughs> they have in there that doesn't work and isn't really neat quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that 
with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Well, that's my thing about it, like it failing as a TV show. Like, yes, they throw in the cliffhanger, which sort of gives you that response of like, okay, I'll see what happens next. But even that first clip, I think it's the very first episode of Cliffhanger, where it's just Jade jumping off a building and it's like, oh, what's going to happen then? Well, she lands, just and then it continues. <laughs> like, there's not really a thing. And there's a really fun, that's the thing you were mentioning about how, um, you know, the basic premise is what if Wesker had a family, which on paper is great. Like, you take a one dimensional villain who is known for being as over the top as possible, especially Resident Evil 5. Um, well, yeah, especially Resident Evil 5, and especially how he's portrayed in the uh, the Mia Jovovich movies um, and what if that dude had a family and fleshed that stuff out and there is more you, you're you're about to get the big twist in episode 7 so like there is yeah. more stuff that they do um, with the overall Resident Evil lore but my argument would be that it takes far too long to get there like it's you need to spend a literal day with this show 6-7 hours and um, the better part of your day getting to the point where you would care about the thing that they're doing and even the thing that they're doing um, as much as I love Lance Reddick I don't think it visually pays off i think it looks quite cringe i think they do a few things um that just it's kind of fun and like you know, there's a tone to resident evil overall that is very campy and over the top and they're having fun with the gore and the characters and the acting and i love that stuff that's what makes resident evil just incredible um but for me that they they it's like the opposite of front loading they end load um <laughs> stuff with um, a level of fun and um charm that should have been there beforehand not this dragged out stoic sensibility that is jarringly meshing with a random dance number from Evelyn um, yes. or <laughs> random joke about Zootopia porn or whatever it is like that stuff it doesn't work it takes way too long and it's not that those elements aren't worth highlighting and um, like I said you'll get there and anyone who's stuck with it a long time will know exactly what I'm talking about um, but I don't think it saves it I think that so many people will bail before then um, and it's just that every element leading up to there is so empty anyway that's it, man. I think the show is just kind of fundamentally broken in terms of how it has structured itself, in terms of how it has relayed this story. Like, I do think it could have been good, but, you know, to split the timelines like this, to have such a wonky tone and a weird mystery, it doesn't work overall. Like, you know, talking about kind of like the humor that you mentioned there, like that is some of the cringiest stuff ever. And that <laughs> sucks because I genuinely am buying into the family drama of the Weskers. I think the actors right, who okay. play the central three uh, Wesker family members 
a great, at least in the past uh, 10 scenes, you know, the new Raccoon City scenes. Right. I think the, the kid, the younger actresses are like really committed to this kind of bad material, but they sell it, you know, they do a good job. Mm-hmm. It's just when it kind of breaks it because you have this cool dynamic and then you have like these villains, like, you know, this, this Scottish umbrella employee from the future <laughs> who gets all of these like cringe one-liners, man. And it's just the most unfunny stuff in the entire world. And you can yeah. kind of like set him up as a badass, but then he's kind of pathetic. And you know, he gets these weird scenes where he's like headshotting uh, the chainsaw zombie from Resident Evil 5. And it's just, it's all, it's all over the place. So yeah. every time I do get a good scene between, you know, Billy and Jade Wesker, I then cut to the future and have to sit through this doofus, you know, <laughs> you know performing some of the worst CGI'd kills in resident evil history mm-hmm. and that's a shame like i come to this program you know enjoying really kind of loving the paul ws anderson movies and Same. they crap all over the source material yeah. right they do not care about the source material they will take your favorite characters and like headshot them right in front <laughs> of you like they don't have any reverence for the for the programs for the for the games sorry but at least but they're they having fun make- but they're at least having fun and at least they're kind of giving you this mindless action and mindless spectacle that is an enjoyable thing to watch mm-hmm. this kind of makes changes to the law which i think are interesting but it doesn't have that same finesse when it comes to executing uh, those ideas or executing mm-hmm. those action sequences and as you mentioned at the very beginning that just makes ultimately for a boring boring show yeah and i just like i said i think that by the time you have the, the big crazy twist you can sort of like step back and be like oh, okay like that's what you were going for and that's what that is and we'll put it back on the shelf and i'll just never look at it again um but but it's just like i said it struggles to exist those resident evil movies that we just cited the again the jovovich the the i forget how many there are five six there's a fair six i think there's a fair six. few i want to say six and they were um yeah they might not have direct adaptations of the law and everything but they were picking and choosing what they wanted to um showcase whether it was a character or a big zombie dog or whatever it was and like, it was fun enough it worked like it was just it was a b-movie camp which is what resident evil should be or can be um, and it's just like, like, yeah, there was always something to find in those movies that was enjoyable. For me, there's not a single thing here that's enjoyable other than Ooh. just on paper. Well, I mean, like, okay, like, yes, you can highlight maybe a specific scene, like the puzzle scene, or like I said, like, the twist reveal scene. That's like, oh, that's a thing, I guess. You did something. Um, but it just doesn't coalesce. And the fact that you have to go in and sort of surgically try and extract the parts that work, I think is only endemic that's of same, just man. how much doesn't doesn't work. You shouldn't even be thinking this way if a show works. Um, and it's 100%. just like, you know, having to sort of like sift through the rubble and be like, oh, well, here's one bit that's not too bad. <laughs> like, it's just, it's such a abysmal failure at that point. Um, but yeah, I'd be so fascinated by what happened behind the scenes because I don't even think there really is a love for Resident Evil lore. It feels like someone had an idea for a show and somewhere along the way it was like, well, we can bolt Resident Evil onto this um, and just kind of make this stuff work. Like I said, I think the Resident Evil IP um, and all of its connotations and associations only drag it down, only hold it back. I think it would be so much better if it was just a Netflix zombie show and you reveal stuff later. I do know what you're going to say, that the Resident Evil stuff enhances it, which it does. Um, but at the same time, I think overall, it, it kind of just holds it back. I think it would change expectations in a way that might keep people watching. But at the same time, it's just that damn boring that maybe people would drop off anyway. This is it, man. Like in its current form, I think the show is like a four out of 10. And I think if you <laughs> take out the Resident Evil stuff in there, genuinely like one out yeah, of 10, two out of 10, I think it just, <laughs> I think it does lose everything. Like what's keeping me involved? 
are the mysteries surrounding the Resident Evil lore because I do think they're well set up overall. Mm. And yeah, there are some kind of fan servicey moments where you see an enemy that hasn't been adapted yet in live action and you get a good pop from it. But I yeah. do think long term, um, it is doing interesting things with the Resident Evil mythos. It just it just doesn't have that kind of level of execution to make it worthwhile. And like you said, you know, it does feel like every episode you're picking through the rubbish to try and find that <laughs> one worthwhile scene. And that's sustaining me because I'm a crazy Resident Evil super fan. But like, <laughs> I couldn't imagine. This is what I can't imagine. I can't mm. imagine like some random person who's never played a Resident Evil game, has never seen any of the movies, putting this show on and getting anything out of it. So well, that was the don't thing. Don't think you do. No, no. Well, I, I did a tweet just like I was curious about that, and some people did re respond saying, "Thanks for resetting your expectations." I'm not a Resident Evil fan. I've not played the games before, and I can just enjoy it for what it is, which is sort of a light mystery show around you know around two different timelines and what happens between them and stuff. And so maybe there's something there, but I just yeah, I think if you're anything of a Resident Evil fan, if you have any expectations at all, um, or just any sort of um want for a satisfying delivery of a mystery, um, or whatever any semblance of satisfaction at all, it's not really here. So yeah, I'm curious what the hell this show is overall production wise. I, I'm hope that we get some stories going forward as to what happened in regards to how this came together um, and just how it ended up the way that it did. Um, but yeah, any closing thoughts, Mr. JP? I just, right, I just can't believe that I have had Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, the reboot movie which came out at the end of last year, and now a Netflix Resident Evil TV series, and they have both been worse than the Paul W.S. Anderson movies. Like, <laughs> I love those movies, but they're not good, you know? There was a great no. adaptation of Resident Evil to be made, and we've had three attempts from three different, you know, filmmaking teams, and all of them, for my money, has failed. You know, you were talking there about wanting to get some stories out of this production. Mm. I just genuinely think that the be-all and end-all of it in why this is so different, why this is such a strange approach is because we had the movie, you know, Welcome to Raccoon City that was yeah. supposed to kick off a franchise and that was the faithful adaptation. That was the movie that kind of took the first two games and brought the characters in and was supposed to do that world justice. In my opinion, it didn't, mm -hmm. but that only left this TV show the ability to kind of create this new sequel thing that apparently nobody really wants anyway. So it's like, whoever's in charge of this brand whoever's in charge of this brand in live action just needs to stop messing up and just do one good thing please yeah. just one good thing well that's the thing like i said i think there would have been a way to do this maybe you announce the show and it's called biohazard and all of a sudden there's interviews going like is that what this is and the creators get to go now nah, we're just we're just influenced by it it's just about a future city and people wouldn't connect those dots like i said it would be something towards the end you need to do something like that and then maybe on the day of release you tweet something out saying it's you oh, day or whatever they call it uh, in the law where like everything kicks off and it's like you do something like that but yeah as it stands um it's a major misfire and rolling in the fact that the uh the movie that came out was that this year as well was that the end of last year Just december 2021 if i recall right. scott yeah, Welcome to Raccoon City was also just a weird tonal misfire and a weird uh, mess in regards to adapting stuff too. Um, it kind of makes you fall back on the Jovovich stuff as one of the, I don't think it's the closest that we've got to an adaptation, but at least it gets the fun part right of Resident Evil. But let us know what you think down in the comments below. How far did you get in Netflix's Resident Evil? And what do you think of it if you've seen that big twist towards the end uh, overall? For now, I've been Scott from WhatCulture.com. I've been Josh from WhatCulture.com. And we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.